Good morning, church. Have you ever had a situation where you thought highly of someone, but due to situations or scenarios, that view of them was drastically altered? I remember one time Liz and I had the opportunity to go backstage at a large Christian event. And as we were invited back there by a friend, we got to meet the lead singer of a Christian band that I like to listen to. But as I talked with this guy, I realized fairly quickly that he was very arrogant and self-centered. Now, I may have just met him on a bad day, but the truth is I haven't listened to their music ever since that moment. Why is that? Well, my view of them diminished. And I say all this because I'm aware that in a moment like this, that as we look at the world and the chaos around us, that our view of God is liable to diminish also. You see, there's this virus that seems to be just spreading like wildfire across the world, and the world is in chaos. Financial markets are crashing, jobs and income are uncertain, schedules and life has been absolutely disrupted. Here we are having church digitally. Families are separated, individuals are isolated, people are getting sick, and some are even dying. These things can cause us to question God, even those of us who have thought highly of God. As we look at these realities, we're like, wow, what is going on? Is God really powerful? Is God really in control? As I look at the chaos of the world, how can He be powerful? How can He be in control? And if he is powerful and if he is in control, why would he let this happen? Does God even care? We question God with all of these things. And what we've got to realize is that we're not alone in our wrestling. Throughout the centuries of human existence, troubles and disasters have unraveled. And as these things have unfolded, these same questions have been asked of God. In fact, in Isaiah 40, the scripture that we've had read today, It comes at a point like this. The people in Jerusalem, who would have been the original audience who heard the words of the prophet Isaiah spoken to him by God, they would have been in a similar situation to us in asking some of these questions because they were confronted with destruction, not just of their homes and their city and the the temple of God, but also with the possibility and, and the probability of exile been taken away to a foreign land. And they too would have been asking questions about, is God in control? Does God care? But God wants us, just as he wanted them in that time, to know truth. And so he used his spokesman, Isaiah, both then and now, because these words still speak truth to us, to speak what is true. And so I'm going to invite you to turn in a Bible with me to Isaiah chapter 40. And we're going to read from verse 28. So turn there with me and let's read it. Verse 28 of Isaiah 40. Have you not known? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He does not faint or grow weary. His understanding is unsearchable. What's this verse saying? Well, this verse is summating the truth that God's got it. When I say got it, he's in control. He's got all the situations that are going on. And I say summate because if you actually read back through the verses in this chapter, 
um, the majority of them are telling us that God is great and that he is in control of all things. It's describing the greatness of God, the power of God, the sovereignty of God. Sovereignty means his complete or supreme power, his rule over all things. Now, I'm not going to read all of Isaiah 40 to you today, but I would actually recommend you checking it out sometime soon. But I will highlight a few beautiful pictures of God's sovereignty that are placed in this chapter. If you go to verse 15 with me, it says, Behold, the nations are like a drop from a bucket and are accounted as dust on the scales. What's this saying? Well, what it's telling us is that the nations are the nations. And when it's saying that, it means like all the peoples on all the earth. That's a lot of people in a lot of places. It's saying that they're like a drop in a bucket. Now picture that with me, a drop. It's nothing. It goes on and says that they're like dust on a scale. If I was to put dust on this scale today, would it even register? No, it wouldn't register because it wouldn't be enough. And it's saying all the nations of the earth are like nothing in in comparison to the weight and the glory of God. If you go on to verse 26, what you'll find in verse 26 is that it talks about the hosts, the the stars and the galaxies in the skies. It says, lift up your eyes and see who created these. He who brings brings out their host by number, calling them all by name, by the greatness of his might. And because he is strong in power, not one is missing. What this is telling us is that God is in control of all the the stars and the planets and the galaxies in the night sky. I don't know if you've had the opportunity to travel out to where it's dark and to look up into a night sky and to see the thousands upon thousands of stars. And the truth that this scripture is telling us is that God knows every one of them by name and that he holds them by his power. And it says that not one of them is missing. What assurance in knowing that God is in that amount of control. God is great. He is sovereign. And that hasn't stopped being true today. Just because of some tiny, in his scale, virus. And I say that sensitively, understanding that to us it seems like a big deal. But the truth is, God has always been gloriously in control and will always be gloriously in control. But the wonderful news doesn't actually stop there. If we continue on, what we begin to see is that God, who is supreme, yes, and sovereign, also cares about us. Finite little us. He cares about us. And he can help us and give us his strength. This vast God can help small, insignificant us. Read verse 29 to the end of the chapter with me. It says, he gives power to the faint. And to him who has no might, he increases strength. Even youths shall faint and be weary. And young men shall fall exhausted. But they who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. What beautiful truths here. Some of you desperately need to hear these words today. 
Not just that God is great and that he's in control as we've spent a lot of time talking about, but he also can give you his supernatural strength to face today. I'm imagining that many of you are exhausted, weary or faint today. Maybe that's true for you in a physical sense. Maybe you're just tired and run down and stressed or even sick. Maybe you're in an emotional sense, you're weary and faint. Maybe in a spiritual sense, or maybe all three. God's word to us is that we can be renewed. But how does that happen? Well, it says here in verse 31 that they who wait for the Lord. You see, that's the key. It's waiting for the Lord, waiting on Him. If you look up that word, wait, in the original language, it's more than just wait. It means multiple things. It means to trust, to expect, to hope, to look for, to, to patiently tarry. So that's what we should do. We should wait for the Lord and we should expect, be expectant upon him. The picture that comes to mind is, is a, a groom waiting for the bride at a wedding. He waits with joyful expectation or maybe parents waiting for the arrival of their baby child. That is the type of waiting that we should have for the Lord. Now you may think, okay, that sounds nice, waiting for the Lord, but but what does that mean? Well, if I take you just backwards over to the start of Isaiah chapter 40, I want to show you one more beautiful truth here. And what it does here in verse 3 is there's this verse that's quoted by and about John the Baptist, about preparing the way for the Lord. And then it goes on in verse 5 to say, And the glory of the Lord shall be revealed, and all flesh shall see it together. What's this talking about? Well, what it's talking about is Jesus. This is pointing us towards Jesus and the fact that Jesus is coming to be the fulfillment of Isaiah chapter 40 verse 5. He is God's glory revealed to us. And so when we wait on the Lord, when God encourages us to wait on the Lord, because we live in New Testament times after Jesus has come and paid the price for our sins, what that means is that we can wait on Jesus. We can see him. We don't have to wait or trust in or look to some unseen mystical God who's this force in the cosmos. No, we have Jesus, the revelation of what God looks like in flesh. And so my encouragement to you today isn't just to wait for the Lord. It's to wait on Jesus, to look to Jesus today, to cry out to Jesus. Let's ask him to renew our strength. To help us to not to run and not grow weary, to help us to mount up on wings like eagles. So I have a few final thoughts for you. Firstly, has your view of God diminished? Remind yourself today of what's true. God is sovereign above all things. Justice has always been and always will be. We can believe that today even today. Secondly, are you finding your strength in Him by looking to Jesus? Or are you finding your strength by trying to look at yourself? Because if you're doing that, I'm guessing that it's not really working out very well for you. We need 
to look to Jesus. They that wait on him shall renew their strength.